You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Fearless Business Podcast, sharing with you the business behind running a business. We're your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Mary Clavier. Each week, we'll be bringing you great guests, insights from our experiences, and a behind-the-scenes look at all the topics you may be afraid to tackle in your business, but shouldn't be. So sit back, get comfy, and let's get started. Welcome to episode 104 of the Fearless Business Podcast. This is Jamie, and I'm here with my co-host, Mary. Hey, Mary. Hi. Does it feel like I haven't talked to you for like 150 years? Yes. It feels that way. I don't know why. Sometimes I wonder. I know. If we if we go even like, even a few days to like a week, I know. I'm like, I feel like something happened and someone's like, Fallen off the face of the I'm earth. I'm telling you. I know. I was away. You had family in town. It was busy. It was busy. It's good to have you back. Thank you. You too. It's nice to be back. Yeah. I'm excited about this week, this this episode, I should say. I mean, I'm very excited about this week in general because I'm back. I'm not traveling. Not now you're not. I'm not no. quarantined. <laughs> yeah. No, nobody's traveling right now. You're not fleeing a quarantine request. Thank God. I have friends that are quarantined. You do? Yes. In Westchester I, I County. Of, oh, yeah. In Westchester. Yeah. yeah. They're in the, in the Jewish community. And, and we texted them like, hey, guys, are you okay? And they're like, we're quarantined. It's like, what? It's crazy. This world. For me, it's just like, if school doesn't happen. Oh, I, have you I gotten? The, the, we're preparing virtual learning for 14 days. I know. Like, you know, and it's funny, like we, we certainly laugh, like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? But I really think about like, we're blessed, man. We have the flexibility. I mean, we'll all kill each other, but we have the flexibility of being able to, you know, be home with our children and not lose money as much money. I mean, we'll lose money, but not as much money, but there are some people who they can't, they can't make a living. They can't, they'll lose all their income, their bills will go unpaid. Like it's, it's terrifying. It's crazy. In, in France, they're at a certain level. I forget what my husband was telling me. It's certain, I think level three or something. The, they won't shut down schools because they need all the healthcare workers and all the people to be able to go to work. And they can't do that if the schools are closed. Oh my goodness. I don't know. Let's talk about like, happy anyway, stuff. yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about this week's topic. We have a fearless founder this week. I know. I love the fearless founders. And we, they're very well received, I have to say. Yeah, people, we've gotten really good feedback. I'd love to hear more. I've actually had a bunch of people 
who have been asking to be fearless founders. I was like, so cool. This week's fearless founder, she's pretty close to my heart. She is, her name is Renee M. Power, and she is the founder of the Feminist Book Club. I know everybody listening is probably like, no way. Like, <laughs> you love the Feminist Book Club? Um, I am, um, Renee is my client, but I'm also a client of hers because I am a member of the Feminist Book Club. It is a subscription box, which is so cool. And Renee's journey to starting a Feminist Book Club subscription box is so interesting. I know a lot of people are really interested in subscription boxes, what it means to actually start one and be successful. And Renee has some really cool insights. Plus, we talk about feminism. Right. <laughs> the perfect combination. And I think people also with the subscription boxes, they they may or may not assume that it's easy. You know, like, oh, I'm just I'll just do a subscription box, you know, like Yes. Right? Have a product first, then make it up subscriptions. You know, yeah. it goes. It's hard. It's a lot. It's, it's, a, a lot. it's a lot of moving pieces. It's a lot of moving pieces. Yeah, it's hard for sure. But she has some really cool insight. And hers came about really organically, which is so interesting. Um, and she'll talk about that journey. But it's it's really cool. I, I, I have to mention, though, like this week's um, this month's book, it's called We Were Feminists Once by Andy Zeisler. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, and I kind of love it. I'm excited. The neat thing about the subscription box, too, is you actually get to vote. All the members vote on the titles. So you get this list of like 15 titles you click through. It's so fun. We just voted for, yeah. So we voted for April yesterday. Um, I was, it's hard. You get to choose your top three. It's like really hard to pick, but it's so fun. This one's neat because it's all about sort of what, how, what, how feminism started as a movement and how it's turned into kind of a very commercial movement. Um, and so it's been interesting I'm not through the book, so I don't know like how it's going to end. The writing is awesome. I'm really enjoying it. But it's just interesting of of sort of walking the journey of how feminism, the word started and, and what it turned into, how it was such a grassroots kind of movement that now everybody uses that word. And I think it I means, do want to read that. Yeah, because, I'm going to give it to you. Yeah, because I, especially now, yeah, everyone uses the word. They use it different ways. It's yeah, it. Plus with in the last years of like the women's March being like very popular. Oh, so March is a good month to be reading that book. That's I what I'm that's saying. Why. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and in honor of the fact that, you know, Sunday was International Women's Day. So I feel like this is a perfect podcast interview to have this week. Oh, yeah. Look at us unintentionally celebrating. No, it was intentional. No, I'm just kidding. Right. It we was not. A lot. Yeah, we don't we're we're not we're not good like that. I basically like think of someone, I'm like, oh, I want to interview them. I want to hear their life story. No, we have more planning than that. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do have We do. We have a spreadsheet that Mary created. I do go to it though. It is quite helpful. We have a Dropbox folder and a Google Drive. This podcast is now love us. We're so organized. We're so organized or not organized. I don't know. It's good, though. Let's all be your lesson that podcasts don't happen without any work behind the scenes. Oh, my gosh. There is so much work that goes into a podcast. It is not for the faint of heart. I always love people are like, just get a microphone and start. I'm like, no, no, no. It's not even so much about the equipment either. It's not at all. The equipment is like a 100 bucks. It's 
it's everything everything else, else. <laughs> yeah i mean now we're you know over 100 episodes in we can wing it if we need to but like you can't wing it in the beginning there's so much practicing yeah so anyway yeah we do have a spreadsheet we do we're feminists. but i love the fearless i love the fearless <laughs> foundation <laughs> i don't know we've lost our minds sorry don don's gonna be like he's not even on, he's not even on this world. <laughs> do you know what i'm gonna get i'm gonna get a facebook message from don that says um you're a dork <laughs> yeah. maybe we should you know in the future we should say can you guess if don is listening to this one or not <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't jumped in yet to be like oh my god stop talking right right sometimes we record sneakily without him we did that today yeah don't tell him yeah <laughs> Sorry, let me tell you about renee this is important and about the very cool feminist book club so the Feminist Book Club was founded by podcaster and gender researcher Renee M. Powers in the spring of 2018 when listeners of her podcast, She Has One Too, suggested that she start a book club. Renee is a proud PH dropout, PhD dropout. I don't even know how to say that, but I get what she's saying. It's cool. She talks about that. Having spent six years at University of Illinois, Chicago, studying teaching and researching gender privacy and online communication. Can you guys see why I love her? She earned her BA in women's studies from St. Mary's College and her MA in communication from Northern Illinois University, where her thesis analyzed performance of post-feminism on Pinterest. Her PhD research focused on YouTube beauty communities and the commodification of feminine authenticity. In an ultimate act of self-care and self-preservation, she noped out of the program, moved to Minneapolis, and began creating a healthy, more balanced life that she loves. When she's not working on Feminist Book Club, Renee can be found trying new breweries and coffee shops, cheering on Notre Dame women's basketball or football, or pontificating on how television has become the most superior media for storytelling or reading, obviously. I'm very excited for you guys to hear this Fearless Founder interview, and so we're going to get started now. I am so excited. Today, I am joined for our Fearless Founder interview with my friend Renee Powers from the Feminist Book Club. Anybody who knows me knows that I am an in, a very strong feminist, so I was particularly excited when Renee said she would join us. So welcome to the show, Renee. Hi, I'm so excited to be here and chatting with you. Oh my gosh, me too. I've wanted to chat with you about your journey. I'm, you and I met, I think, a couple years ago. And on our very first time that we met, I think I asked you like 10,000 questions that were completely unrelated to the reason we were talking just because I am so into what you're doing. So now I'm excited that I get to record it and ask them for a purpose. <laughs> and I'm sure the answers have all changed at this point, because that is the nature of entrepreneurship. <laughs> yes, I love that. What an amazing segue. So I, I can't do what you do justice. So I want you to tell all of our listeners a little bit about you and your company. Sure. So uh, I could talk about how Feminist Book Club began in a bit, but just to give you an overview of what it is, we are a monthly subscription box that pairs feminist books with products from women and queer-owned businesses. So every month, our subscribers get a box, a book that they have voted on. So I, it's out of my hands. I have no idea what's coming in future boxes. They all vote on the books. And then two to four products, anything from nail polish to skincare to magazines to socks. This past month, as we were recording, we had face masks that said patriarchy is exhausting. <laughs> 
<laughs> they made some great Instagram photos. And then we read the book um, and discuss it throughout the month in a secret Facebook group. Secret, so like not even your conservative aunt knows that you are in this Facebook group. <laughs> um, and then we meet on video chat. And just this past month, we started meeting in person here in the Twin Cities, too. So we have several ways to discuss the book, to read excellent feminist literature. If the authors are alive, we invite them for the conversation as well. Sylvia Plath, sadly, could not make it. And then we do donate 5% of all of our revenue to a different feminist organization each month. So last year, we were able to donate almost $4,000 to feminist causes, which is really exciting. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, all right, well, you know, I have a million questions, but I love what you do. That's pretty much all I have to say. It just makes me so incredibly excited. So how did this start? Oh, there's like, it is a long and winding path. I was born in Indiana. Just kidding. I'm not going to start there. <laughs> I was ready for it. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to hear everything. I have snacks. Let's go. No. Um, so I am a, I call myself a PhD dropout. So I was in a PhD program for about six years and I ended up failing my dissertation proposal three times and after the third time. And then there was like an issue with my registration. I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I am, I'm not interested in a career in academia. I'm not supportive of kind of the academic culture as it stands in the university system today. Um, so I'm going to drop out. <laughs> and I ended up, I was still working for a small business online doing community management. And I picked up a few shifts with um, Stitch Fix. I was a personal stylist for Stitch Fix for over a year. And I had a podcast, one of the failed dissertation proposals I turned, I had turned into a podcast. And my podcast listeners, I, I was constantly recommending books on it. And they would say, you should start a book club. And I thought that was silly, because I'm not Reese Witherspoon. But um, I decided that, okay, well, even if it's just like a handful of my friends reading the same book and chatting about it, which is exactly what it was. It's what we did. There's about 12 of us in a Facebook group reading feminist books. And every month we would choose a different book. And I've always been a huge fan of subscription boxes. I was an early adopter of Ipsy and Birchbox. And like I said, Stitch Fix and all of these fat fit fun. I love those kinds of things. I love the element of surprise. I said to my friends, can I send you the book with like a couple of little goodies I pick out for you? And this is when there was just like, again, a dozen of us. And it started like that and just grew organically. And I remember, and I think this is the first time you and I talked because we were doing a little bit of the legal side of it. I had just purchased um, feministbookclub.com. I just purchased my URL. I couldn't believe it was available and affordable for that matter. And I thought, well, what if I really make a go at this? What if I make this into a thing and let's just see where it goes? So a year into it, I quit my part-time jobs and I went full-time with self-employment and it has been a wild ride. <laughs> I love I love so much about this story. I want to actually go back to you talking about the your PhD and, and the PhD program and that path. I talk about this all the time because failure to me is honestly one of the best things that can ever happen to you. I think I love when that happens because I feel like if we can step back from it, you the the turn that you end up taking often ends up taking you to the place where you're supposed to be. 
Um, so how did you navigate that process or those feelings of saying to yourself, like, it's time to, this isn't right for me. It's not a fit, which I don't actually think is necessarily a failure. I personally look at that as a huge success <laughs> when you're able to stop doing something that you're like, this just doesn't work for me anymore. And how are you able to sort of step back from that and say to yourself, you know what? It's time. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do something else. I don't think my heart had been in it for a couple of years at that point. I think it was just a matter of time of me finally pulling the trigger and and moving on. What was really startling to me was how easy it was to drop out. I like I said I had some registration issues and I needed to add some credits that semester and it was a bunch of paperwork and they wanted me to come into the office and I was in Minnesota and my university was in Illinois and I was like that's absurd. But it only took like two clicks to drop out of the university completely. Like it was not fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for me, I think it was a long time coming and I didn't feel lit up by any of the work I was doing anymore. The only thing I truly enjoyed was teaching. I realized I could teach with just my master's. I am ABD, all but dissertation. Like I could teach with the credentials that I have now and I can find different opportunities to do that, to do similar things that make me feel good. Um, I don't know, like leading a book club. I was I was just going to say, don't you feel like you've sort of done that? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. But the one thing that did that was scary about the transition was telling everybody in my life like, yeah, I know for this past six years, I've been like really in this PhD grind. And guess what? <laughs> I'm not going to finish it. And that was really hard to tell my parents and some of my friends and family like just it was embarrassing, but also I knew it was the right decision at that time. Do you think often, and I particularly now that we're talking with the person who runs the feminist book club, that typically, and we're not going to fully genderize, women really worry about that more than men? <laughs> like really worry about, because I feel like I've seen so many of um, my male counterparts who are like, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. And there's no... <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like you and I'm like, oh man, how am I going to tell everyone? And they're going to be like, what's going on with you? Are you okay? But many, like when I practice law, many of the, I, there were loads of attorneys who didn't go on to practice or failed the bar. And they were like, yeah, I failed. But me, <laughs> like those things were so much harder for me, so much more emotional for me. I think that folks who are socialized as girls and into women are especially sensitive to disappointing people. And especially I'm an only child. And I, and I know this, come, I know a lot of other only children who feel like, well, I'm my parents only shot. <laughs> and so there's an added layer of I have to be impressive. I have to do something, make something of myself. You can go one of two ways. You could do that, or you could be a total, you know, dropout stoner, like scum of the earth. And if that's your choice, make it and make it brilliantly. But like, it, it wasn't mine. I went the other direction and I was a just a huge overachiever. I, I call myself a recovering overachiever now. Um, and I'm like trying to be okay with mediocrity. But as someone socialized, raised as a girl with feminine ideals. And I, and I present myself very femininely as well. Yeah, it was really, uh, I think a really unique experience, a uniquely feminine and, and woman's experience to not want to disappoint everyone, including, you know, the program that I was a part of I, my advisors and my other professors and 
my peers. So yeah. Yeah. I do think that is a, a gendered experience in some, some ways. It's pretty, it's definitely, and you know, everybody obviously experiences their own thing in their own way based on many, many factors. It's just something I've observed over the years. Um, that's a generalization, but still I, I can definitely speak to many women who feel the same way <laughs> often. So you start this book club, right? And so now you're like, yeah, this is kind of cool. And I'm going to go down this path. And then all of a sudden, it starts to grow and becomes an actual business. <laughs> so when did you make the decision? And how did you make that decision? I mean, going from academia to sort of freelancing, that's a very different feeling than saying, I'm actually going to take a subject I love, presumably, and something I'm really interested in and actually make this a business. Yeah, it. I wish I could give you like a these are the steps I took and this is why, but really it was, to me, it felt like taking all of my feminist theory background because I was, um, in a, I was studying gender online. So that was my area of expertise and I've got a background in feminist theory and gender studies. Um, but it always felt like it was housed in academia and in the ivory tower and, we could talk about it till we're blue in the face, but until we actually do something with feminist theory, it like those conversations mean nothing. I thought, how can I, so this is what I'm doing now, right? Like I've accidentally created this book club that's like growing and like people are interested in it and people like it. Okay. So how do I do this in intentionally feminist way? So how do I put all those theories into action? Um, And that has been really inspiring, really difficult, and really vulnerable, because there's no such thing as a perfect feminist. There's no such thing as a perfectly feminist business. And feminism and capitalism don't sit well together at the same table. So how do I do how do I like, uh, balance those things? And where are my trade offs? And what feels good and right and transparent? And one of the ways that I do that is I really leave a lot of the decision making up to our subscribers that, you know, what is it that you want to see? Like I said, they're the ones that choose the books. They're the ones that um, every month has a theme, like they have suggested all the themes, they, I bring them in when I have a big decision to make, like, would you want to see this? What do you think about this kind of product? Where should we, you know, allocate our donation this month? So yeah, I don't remember your question. But um, (laughs) How how did I go from academia to running a business? I think I'm I'm applying the theories in ways I haven't seen them applied before. So I love how you're utilizing crowdsourcing and community and really sort of allowing your community lead where the business is going in some ways. How do you deal with the inevitable conflict that can arise um, when you get a whole bunch of, I'm assuming, very opinionated uh, people who are subscribing <laughs> to your uh, service, how do you navigate that? Uh, when you allow everyone to have an opinion, inevitably, there's going to be differing opinions. Yes, I'm so glad you asked that. That is one thing that as we grow comes up a lot more often, just because like you said, there's more and more people and people that will subscribe to something called a feminist book club. Yeah, are opinionated people. And that's wonderful. And sometimes I am the brunt of those opinions. And it's 
I always take it as a learning experience. I, because there is no such thing as a perfect feminist, I might have two and a half degrees in gender studies, but that means squat when it comes down to it. So I never reply to an email right away. uh, One of these critical emails and I've gotten them. Um, I sit on it. I sleep on it. And then I ask myself like, what, what do I need to take from this? Like, what are they trying to share with me that is a blind spot? And I think that uh, Feminist Book Club also has a podcast where we talk to authors about their feminist, the feminism in their books. And I make it a point to prioritize authors of color. And as a white woman, I have had to get really, really uncomfortable with, uh, or really, really comfortable with conversations about race. And so I treat these emails that I get from subscribers that are a little critical in in much the same ways that I, this is something, this is a, you know, unconscious bias or conscious bias that I'm, I need a little more information. Like clearly this is something that I just don't know. And you don't know what you don't know. And so if you're willing to learn and willing to allow people to go out of their way to teach you. And that's been the one thing is the people that have written in saying, you know, I'm not pleased that you included this company or that we're, this book was recommended and we voted on it. That's a, that's a learning opportunity for me. And they didn't have to teach me like that. I'm really, I'm so grateful that they took the time to send an email or a message to help me be a better feminist, be a better human in this world and be a little more compassionate. It's not easy. It's not fun to get those emails, but I also recognize there's so much value in them. I have often taken those conversations back to the community saying, somebody brought this up. I wanted to have a discussion about it. I wanted to apologize to anybody that I hurt because I didn't realize that I was hurting somebody. That's something I'm going to work on now. Um, And this is very different than the folder of screenshots in my phone called microaggressions where it's just like nasty people (laughs) 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 they they mean things to me (laughs) there are a lot of people who slide into my dms which is really mean things that are not my members who have no interest in having a conversation but but it is i mean the the members who do you know email me with criticism they are willing to have a conversation and that's what i really appreciate that is good yeah it is good to distinguish between those that are constructive and those that are not um i do love your advice of not applying right away you may or may not be surprised by this but i sometimes get some very angry emails from frustrated clients and i try not to, i definitely do not respond right away but i also try to step back and put myself in their shoes and think about like what they must be experiencing and how they must be feeling in order to try to have empathy, even if they've used language or words that were not constructive, which I definitely get sometimes. And I got to take a few deep breaths. Um, I don't, you know, my, my practice is a little, what I do is a little different. It's not as personal as say some of the things that you're talking about. Although for a lot of people, I do work with, you know, entrepreneurs who own their businesses and it feels very personal. So I have to remember that. And it's, I think it's great advice to take a breath. It's what I tell my kids. (laughs) I'm like, you need a breath. (laughs) Yeah. And don't be afraid to bring in an expert. I mean, we had a book, we read, um, Know My Name by Chanel Miller, which she was the uh, Emily Doe of the Stanford rape trial. And this was her memoir. And I know uh, I'm a survivor. I know some of my friends who are in our 
Facebook group and discussion group are survivors as well. And I thought this could be a really triggering book. And so I'm going to bring in an expert. I had a therapist on the call because I could not hold that space in a way that felt responsible knowing the subject matter of this book. And so I would say, don't be afraid to ask for help, to lean on people, to say, this is this is something I'm not good at. Can you spend you know an hour helping me with it? I love that advice. I mean, I am always encouraging of not only having peers, but even mentors uh, who can help you. And have you had any mentorship along the way as you've worked through and built this business? Yes and no. Formally, sort of. <laughs> I took a an entrepreneur class, uh, entrepreneurship class through um, one of the small business, um, the one of the SBA programs here in Minneapolis, and was assigned a mentor. And she was great, and I loved the one on one attention. We met, you know, monthly for three or four months, uh, and we've kept in touch, but haven't been meeting regularly like that. I am a part of a lot of organizations and co working spaces that provide um, more informal mentoring or just like brain trust kind of people. Uh, Somebody that I know like, oh, you're an expert in this. I've got a question about this. Can I ask you three questions in 15 minutes and then, you know, be done and I'll send you a box as a thank you, you know? (laughs) I love that. Um, And then I have a business bestie and she is in Seattle. She has a subscription box business as well. Every Monday morning, we hop on a video chat and just talk shop. And it is so, so helpful. Uh, Truly embodying collaboration over competition. She has a book box too. We should not be friends. And yet we are. I love that. I love this so much. I I think it's all the ways like what you're doing is all the ways I think that um, makes successful, even more successful business owners. I really do. Yeah. And I don't have a background in business. I've worked in small businesses. I've worked, you know, mostly in small business my entire life, but I've never run one. I don't know a lot about the business side of it. And so I'm the first one to say like, can you tell me? Okay, so I got a small business loan. This is a great example. I got a small business loan just this past fall. All the paperwork was signed. I could see it in my account. And then I realized I didn't know how to access it. (laughs) (laughs) Those funny questions. You're like, but I I need the money. (laughs) I have so much education behind me. I've been running this business for almost two years now. And yet, and yet I do not know how to access this money that was just given to me. Like, I don't know how to pay it back. I don't know how to pay it forward. Like I don't. So that was, I mean, I, that was a a very embarrassing call to the bank. (laughs) That's an amazing, I love that. I actually love when stuff like that happens. It makes it like, it's that moment of like, you're cruising along. You're like, I'm doing awesome. Right. And then you just have that like humbling moment where you're like, okay, nope. Feet back on the ground. Like (laughs) anything can happen. Those are good. At least it was an easy one to answer. <laughs> it was. It was. It was just a few clicks here and there. And yeah, all, all, was, all was fine after that. And I was able to access my money. <laughs> That's awesome. So what do you do in those moments where the breath doesn't work or you're just like, you got the DM that's just like, man, it's really hard to turn the other cheek or you get that constructive email that it it hits a nerve. How do you handle those situations in your business when you're like, man, I just, I don't feel fearless today. Yeah, I, I do a lot of 
composition in my head, like everything I wish I could say, but I know I shouldn't. And sometimes my partner gets those text messages, like, this is what I want to say to this person, but I can't say it to you. And, and he's pretty good about like, okay, that's good. Don't let that see the live day. Um, but I, I have good friends around me. Like I said, my partner, my best friend, she runs a business too. And my business bestie out in Seattle, like they are the front lines for me of when something hurts. And, um, it's really, what's the word I'm looking for? It's really fulfilling to know that I've got a net to fall back on when it doesn't go my way. Community is everything. Yeah, it really is. And I do follow the Marie Forleo, everything is figure outable. There is no hole I could get into that I can't claw my way out of. I agree with that. It's true. There's pretty much, there's always a turn. That's, I think, how we started this whole thing, right? Like, life sometimes takes that turn. And instead of dwelling in why it's not good, looking at how it's going to help you or what it's going to do for you, it, it always works out the way I really believe that. Like if you spend the time, I mean, you have to work for it, but if you really spend the time and you can critically look at everything that's happening um, and can turn something that feels not so great right now, a couple years from now, you'll look back and be like, that's the best thing that ever happened. <laughs> I remember I went back to work after my, I had my first son after maternity leave and I was so torn and it was so challenging. And I remember I sat in my boss's office and I was almost in tears because it was, I had had a really difficult birth story and I had been home for a while and I knew I wanted to work, but I was so conflicted about going back. And I remember sitting and my boss was a woman and I remember sitting in her office and I remember saying to her like, yeah, I'm just having a really hard time. Like, you know, really being vulnerable in a, in a profession where vulnerability is not encouraged. <laughs> if anything, it's, it's squished. And she looked at me, I will never forget this and said, I just want you to know that if you decide to have another baby, you're not getting a really long maternity leave again. Oh my God. Yeah. That was like the the moment where one of my advisors told me my research was too feminist to be funded. <laughs> yes. It, cool, 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 yeah. cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah, thank you. And so at that moment, I felt as if like like every bone in my body turned to dust, right? You're just like I I just shocked and you don't know what to do. And I walked away and I made I had a decision in that moment. I'm like, "Oh, I'm done. I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to find a way to make this work." And that moment was so brutal. Like it was emotional and painful and all of those things. And now, eight years later, I've never been more grateful for that moment because you take something from that moment and you say to yourself, okay, you know what? (laughs) I'm not going to let this crush me. I'm going to have my moment of like utter despair, you know, (laughs) crying in the corner in the bathroom, but then I'm going to pick myself up and I'm going to figure it out. And I think that's, that is the key. That's what I've always found. But man, in the moment, it's hard. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But resilience is a muscle and the more that you are forced to exercise it, the stronger it becomes and the quicker you bounce back. I totally agree. So what's next? Where's it going? Oh my goodness. Um, I was looking at my schedule and had a moment of just sheer panic because there's so much happening in the next, uh, this spring, really. So like I said, we just launched our in-person meetups. We've got a local woman-owned bookstore here in Minneapolis that is just incredible. And they're hosting our monthly meetups. We had our first one and like 40 people came and it was wild and I wasn't expecting that. And so glad I went to Costco for snacks. Um <laughs> 
And we're continuing to grow uh, subscribers. It's up about 10% every month. That's pretty steady. I'm doing my first live podcast recording in March at the the Twin Cities Women's Expo, which will be really exciting. We'll have three authors on stage with me, and we'll be doing basically this, having a conversation um, in front of a crowd and recording it for the podcast, which is so exciting. We're taking Feminist Book Club on the road. We're going to be at BookCon in New York in May, which is the big national book convention. And I am terrified and psyched. And I think it's going to be exhausting and awesome in all the best ways. <laughs> Tell me the dates. I'll come see you. Oh, my god! Because I'm in New so York. Wonderful. Oh, that would be so wonderful. Yes. It's, um, May 30th and 31st at the Javits Center. Oh, so. my gosh. That's where I took the bar. I'll even get over my PTSD to come see you. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, to make it better, I think we're going to have a life-size cutout of Ruth Bader Ginsburg that you can take <gasps> photos with. So <laughs> I don't know if you know this about me, but she is my icon. <laughs> she is literally I, I, there's there's one person I mention anytime anyone asks me like who's your inspiration who's your icon? it's her she's oh, I met her well, once and I was like weak in the knees uh, oh, I imagine. her and Sandra Day O'Connor both of them oh, I, met, I met both of them I'm like I don't my heart can't take this they're amazing that's so so cool well I am thrilled to keep watching as you grow um, and I loved hearing your journey and your story. So thank you for sharing it. Thank you. Thank you for having me, inviting me on. This was so fun. So fun. I have one closing question for you. Okay. Are you ready? This is something we ask all of our fearless founders, and I love getting the answers. And I did not tell you this ahead of time. So it's always very spontaneous. Some of my guests are like, really? But no, it's okay. I can take it. So what is the one piece of advice that you'd give to your younger self? Mm, I'm going to take a moment to think about that. I think I would go back to the resilience piece and tell my younger self that it's inevitable that I'm going to get knocked down, but every everything that happens happens for a reason and every decision I make is the right decision because those were lessons I needed to learn and they only make me a better person. And if I spend some time in reflection unpacking all of the hurt. P.S. Therapy is amazing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I will come out the other side stronger and better for it. That's awesome. Thank you so much. I love that Aww. answer. It was thank so you. good to talk to you. Yeah, thank you. She's so inspiring. I love her. She's so honest. Go, Renee. It was yeah. good. You guys should check out the Feminist Book Club. It is awesome. I love it. I've enjoyed it. There's some amazing conversations that happen in the Facebook group. Um, they have live calls. Um, I'm a huge fan. This is totally not sponsored at all. I just really love what she's doing and like to support it. And it's great to get ideas from people, you know, especially if you wouldn't just go picking books yourself. Yeah. I love that part of it. It's too. awesome. I've been like, I never would have picked up this book. I've been introduced to so many books. Um, Cause you know, once you're in it, you can see the books they picked in the past. So you can always pick it up. Oh, cool. um, yeah, yeah. It's very, very cool. So yeah, everybody certainly check it out. Let us know in the HQ other fearless founders you want to hear from. Tell us who to pitch, who you want us to get on. We'd love to interview your favorite founders as well. Uh, you can find us at fearlessbusinesspodcast.com. 
You can also find us in on Facebook in the Fearless Business Podcast HQ. And we just realized we we got some new stars and reviews. So people took the time to leave a review. Thank you, people that left a review. Seriously. We really appreciate that. Yeah. So leave us more. We're greedy. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. We'd love it if you'd subscribe and share this podcast. Reviews are amazing too. Please visit fearlessbusinesspodcast.com for more information. If you'd like to connect with Jamie, visit hashtag legal.com. And if you'd like to connect with Mary, visit thetransitionscollective.com. Thanks so much and we'll see you next time. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.